All right, three, two, one. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to Omarpreneur Live, your favorite podcast where I interview Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game. And today I am joined by none other than Brother Navid Akhtar. Now, you may have heard of this brother, you may have heard of his company. He is the CEO and founder of Alchemia. And Alchemia is an on-demand streaming service that provides a rich directory of films, documentaries, TV shows, TV programs. And the interesting thing about this is they're all catered to the Muslim world. There are kids' TV shows, series about the stories of the prophets, of companions, and so much more. There's even entertainment, but it's Muslim entertainment, and it's halal. And with the media sometimes broadcasting a negative image of Islam and Muslims, Alchemia is really breaking through the noise and establishing itself as the go-to source for educational Muslim entertainment. And Navid, I wanted to welcome you. Thank you for being on this podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> it's the <laughs> Exactly. Social distancing and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for being here. And I mean, honestly, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy work schedule just so that you can spend some time with us today so that I can share your story, your journey with the group. And I'm sure everyone's super excited. I know a lot of people messaged me saying they were really excited for this episode. And I guess the best way to start and how we start every single episode is can you walk us through what even inspired you to start Alchemia? How you decided to become an entrepreneur and, and start this venture? I watched an episode of Ilma Panel and that was it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, look, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. And, you know, really well done. Well done. I'm very impressed with the quality of work you're doing. And actually, what a great cause. Because, to be honest, you know, when I was probably your age, the only thing I could have done was sell chapati flour or <laughs> the tandoori restaurant. You know, that would have been kind of that, the ambitions the most that was available to someone like me. So I think it's I think you're doing a great, great service here and inspiring people and you know, and breaking it down to show you look this is how you can go about it so what started my journey really I, I had no intention of coming into business I grew up in a family that was just the business was the only thing they knew really we we did the typical sort of you know the corner shop as they call it and we had we had uh, supermarkets and things and even since my father had come from Pakistan to the UK we were always involved in uh, you know the food business and mm -hmm. I hated it I absolutely hated that and as a rebel I went off at 16 and got a job in a design company you know uh, selling furniture and they were really shocked that I was why was I doing that and I thought well it's better than uh selling chapati flour <laughs> actually but um, but but i you know i look i studied i got a degree and i went i you know ended up at the bbc so i i had a professional career mapped out and i was a program maker you know and i made many many programs and uh, at first i really didn't do islam at all it wasn't something that was really um they, i didn't really think it was possible and i don't think anybody was interested it was with the bbc but i learned i learned really from the best as it were and i paid my dues you know i spent a, a lot of years just kind of um just you know having to, to kind of t do it the long way around as it were you know very thorough training and many many years as an assistant then i kind of got these promotions and all this kind of stuff and uh, what happened was then I sort of just it became apparent to me that, look, you know, there is a need. There's a massive need for something uh, that actually just shows Islam in a very positive light. And while I was at the BBC, we did achieve a lot. We did kind of do quite a lot of positive stuff from time to time. But always it come back down to, you know, Islam and terrorism. Naveed, come on, you must know what's going on, you know, and uh, can we do these films? And so 
I just got fed up. And also the same thing happened every Ramadan. It was like, hey, can we do something on Ramadan? And it's like, this is the 13th year running. It's the same thing. We yeah. thought, right? Okay, <laughs> so great. And I, I sort of did a lot of that. And I just got to the point where I thought, there's just so much I want to see. And even before I sort of feel, okay, whenever you do Islam, you don't, you know, when I'm, I, well, I was in there, but it was like we always, it's never really what, really Muslims want to watch yeah. and people then start saying me well we don't need what you're doing because we have our own channels now and I was like well that's not really TV that's kind of like some guy sitting around and you know and I'm sure there's a new demand for it but my uncles really enjoy it and I don't think <laughs> that very interesting so they were like well, what do you mean by Muslim media what are you talking about I'm like well exactly the same as what everybody else watches okay but I just like to see something about the architecture that's not about the Empire State Building or, you know, or is something to do with European architecture. I'd like to see, uh, you know, our own culture. I mean, when I say our own culture, culture from the Muslim world, food, you know, ideas, all of this kind of stuff. And why just don't we have these great, great, great programs? And people would say, hey, have a look at this. And I'd be like, oh, man, that is awful. You know, it was just really badly produced and not well made. And it's sort of, you know, we know that story of, Actually, there's being a Muslim consumer, it's often, uh, you know, the, every tusbee is made out of plastic, every prayer mat is just made out of nylon and right. hat don't fit. And they, you know, and it's sort of like, so there's a frustrating thing that actually that we're coming into this sort of new generation of Muslims who really care. You know, look, I want, I've got good stuff everywhere. I mean, I've got, a, I've got an iPhone, man. So, you know, why should I have to have Muslim things, which is like second or third rate? And I think for us, for, for me personally, I felt, look, I, I know we can make fantastic content. We can put together the best content. And the ambition was to create really the biggest library here. Look, you come here. There's just anything you'd ever want to watch on Islam. And, you know, well, there's no point us sort of taking on the guys that are doing 28 volumes on the Quran and the Hadith and that's really needed that I'm not I'm not in any way saying you know I, I watch some of it myself to learn that's great but what happens when you just want to relax and watch something and you want to learn as well you want to learn about other societies so they, that that did not exist it really right. didn't exist and so that was what motivated it what set off that journey really that's amazing, Marshall. And, it, and I love that you you kind of approached it from this angle because it really is true. And it, you're not the only person that mentioned this. I've actually spoken to uh, Nasser who came on this podcast and he founded the first North American Halal Expo. And he actually mentioned the same frustrations, which is interesting, which is everything that we have that was catered to the Muslim market is for some reason not as good as things that are not catered to the Muslim market. And why is that? And he's trying to, you know, promote companies that are making these changes and bringing these things. And I think yours is a great example of that. And your frustrations are completely justified. And I think right now, which is really amazing, is we're seeing a rise of new entrepreneurs that are creating these yeah. amazing things that are... Well, I'll, let me interrupt you. Yeah, I'll, please go. I'll, I'll tell you, actually, I've done a lot of research on it. And this is going to upset some people, but I'll be very honest with it. Often people who are very good, they, they do well in the mainstream space, they, yeah. especially, I mean, I'm talking about the UK and North America and, you know, Australia, Canada, where we're a minority, as Muslims are a minority. So yeah. if you achieve well professionally, you're not really going out there saying, hey, I have a Muslim product, you're going to be doing mainstream work and you and that's how you make work. But if you start to feel very deeply about 
your identity and your sense of purpose as a Muslim and what, why are you here? And it's not just about money. It's also actually about doing good for the community. Then you start to kind of put your attention back into the community. But, but why are the products in the first place not very good? Because we have a lot of people who have good intentions, but no skills, good mm. intentions and no real vision, good intentions. And, and in some cases, good intentions, but also just see a, hey, I can make a lot of money very quickly. And so the primary thing is that the money becomes the issue. Yeah. Um, and so you get a second, third rate product where there, there was just no intention of improving the quality. Why, why do that? You know, if right. you can make, make, make a lot. And I think now that's really changing. People are demanding very high quality. Um, I mean, it started with the masjid. People are demanding a lot from their own masjid now. You know, they yeah. want really good service on their masjid. They want they want the scholars to kind of make their lessons accessible. They want to make, what's the relevance to my life? How can I easily get it? So all of that kind of is growing. We're, I'm finding food. I mean, it's incredible. Organic food, organic halal food, yeah. high quality, fine dining. You name it. Even a basic burger, people are kind of concerned about, look, where's this from? I don't want cheap and rubbish anymore. Yeah. So we're seeing that kind of increasing. And, and inshallah, I think it's going into many, many areas. I mean, um, I have friends who run a, a you know a, a halal dating app. Well, not dating, sorry, halal marriage app. Or yeah, <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, and so I think you know, and actually these are these are problem solving problems where the community was frustrated. You know, the old system of arranged marriages is not working as well. So these are alternatives, yeah. and they they work better. And so actually that mindset is now coming of professionalism high standards and for us you know we never look at what's in the muslim community as our benchmark we look at well okay we look at netflix we're saying look yeah. what are they doing why are we not doing it what can we yeah. do now, i'm not talking about the content we're not interested in their content but we're talking about when you come to our platform it should be laid out in a sensible you know in a, in a logical way you should be able to see the range of content it should look attractive to you it should be clear what you're seeing yeah. and the design has to be good the ux has to be good it has to work first time and to raise that bar that's what we always and we 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 we're just competing against ourselves in that we're just constantly saying come on push it push it let's get yeah. this higher yeah Amazing, mashallah. And so that's actually, you know, what brings me to kind of my next question, which is how did you overcome that with Alchemia? Because again, you you started, you mentioned you were you had the background of being in that industry, working with the BBC, but then you decided to go off on your own. Now, how did you overcome that struggle where for someone starting off as an entrepreneur, um, they might not have the funds, as you mentioned, to kind of create something of amazing quality? How did you overcome that challenge yourself? Well, I, I, we, we didn't have the funds. I had a, I had a job. I had to give up a career. But I got to the point where, I mean, you know, you just feel like I can't do this anymore. I just, I have done. You know, I had won awards. I'd made films on the Hajj for the BBC. Uh, you know, I, I had a number of uh, awards I'd won for the content I'd made, and I was very happy. But I knew, look, there's more to this. And I also knew that, look, at the end of the day. <laughs> this is a difficult thing because there's a lot of people who are trying to kind of see change take place. Yeah. So if we see something on Netflix, we don't like, we see cuties, we can write to them. We can complain. We can try and go and work for them. We can say, Hey, we can make it better. But actually I didn't, I having been in there, what I felt was no, we have to have it for ourselves. Yeah. We, we should be doing this. Yes. We'll be relying on these companies. I mean, you know, this we're, we're always going to be a minority in that space. We're always going to be, the, you know, let's make one film a year for these guys or something. Okay. But there's five, ten films which are actually attacking us at the same time. Yeah. They're attacking what we believe, what we love, what we hold to be true. So we're having to navigate this kind of really weird situation where they're like, we love minorities. Yay. Diversity. Whoa. Black Lives Matter. And then, okay. 
but actually you've got four films here which are highly offensive to, to and 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 you know there's a direct connection between the film you've the, the film netflix has just made or apple tv has just put out and that connection is people watch that film and then they go there and then they punch someone in the face or they pull someone's hijab off yeah or they attack or they write disgusting things on the internet about our community yeah you know, you can watch a program on Apple TV and then you can draw a line straight to that those, those, those that rise that takes place. And it's that uh, transparent. And yet, actually, here we are. We, we seem helpless and we seem like, what can we do about it? We can write tweets. We can send messages to them. Nothing happens. The truth mm -hmm. is that in itself is a trap. I felt that was a trap. It's better to take our energy. Stop getting so, you know, we, 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 they're not listening to us. Actually. We need to organize ourselves, which is what we've done. We need to offer an alternative. We, this, you know, it's 120%, 5,000% positive in alchemy. We don't deal with all of that kind of those problems and those issues. We just show the civilization and the decency and the humanity that we are. And people will come and people are now coming. Lots of non-Muslims are coming to watch alchemy because they just believe, okay, we, it's better that you guys at least say yourselves who you are and what your faith is about and what you care about in the world and what food you love. I'd rather, I trust you to tell me and, and you, you represent yourselves. And so actually that's why I personally feel sometimes wasting energy as a creator. I'm not, I'm not somebody who enjoys fighting people for, I, I prefer to put my energy into creation. And 100%. That, that's what we do is we push that and that, you know, and I think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports that. He says Allah helps those who help themselves. Yeah. We, instead of trying to convince them you've got to like us or you're going to make something, some nice programs about us, it's better that we just do it ourselves. And then when people are watching what we're doing and you see the numbers and the size of the business growing, then suddenly they're like, hey, let's copy them let's do what they're doing you know that, that's how it works yeah and that happens a lot it's, it's amazing you say that Michelle, because again that's happening in so many different industries not only in um the media and I, and I really am amazed that you know i'm happy that you guys are doing this but it's happening in things like sportswear where companies came on they're like this is modest sportswear for muslim women who wear hijab and so now nike and other big brands are seeing wow yeah. there's a big demand for this time to hop in on this on this bandwagon and, and and make sure that we also offer something to the muslim world so it's interesting that you know by us creating our own solutions and proving that you know these are things that we want that we need it shows to the other people out there that wow this is this is in demand this is something that we can yeah. offer and that is lucrative whereas again as you mentioned if we rely on them and if we just wait on them to make a difference it, it's going to take time god knows if it, yeah. if it will ever even happen yeah but uh, also Come on, Muslims! Don't buy from Nike. Get 100%. that twenty-five-year-old fashion designer. Support her. Put your money behind the right people. I mean, who cares? You know, that's like so. Like twenty years of wearing logos and stuff. I mean, come off it. It's so out of date, right? Yeah. What is the 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 current thinking? Think local. Think small. You know, find some cool hit designer in Kuala Lumpur. Buy their content. Buy 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 you know, buy their fashion brands. Or there's somebody in New York. There's somebody in Toronto who's doing it. Support them. You know, just yeah. forget about this kind of you know. Oh wow. Oh, Nike doing a headscarf. Who cares? Who cares? Exactly, exactly. And I 100% agree with you. Uh, the only thing is, of course, it at least shows, okay, they, they realize there's a demand, but I 100% agree in terms of if you're actually going to go out and buy it, find the Muslim company who did it first and buy that. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> don't buy the don't buy the, the knockoff that kind of Nike's trying to do. This is actually where the crux of the matter is. Muslim money is not behind Muslim talent, okay? Mm. Muslim money wants to stand in front of Muslim talent. In the non-Muslim world, 
there's scouts, there's people out there, there's people, trend spotters, there's people who are, they're picking up small startups, they're picking up little fashion designers, they're even looking at who's drawing what, what people are doing animation, and they, they, they just get behind these people really quickly. I mean, no one knows who owns Netflix. If you could tell me who's the guy who runs Netflix, because you know what? He doesn't put himself at the front of the project. He doesn't care. He's not making it about himself. What he's doing is they find the filmmakers, they find the people, they support them, and they put their talent at the front. In our community, the guy who has the money, it's his channel. They make it about themselves. And I think for me, I'm very, very conscious of it. If I'm here today, I'm not here as a solo entrepreneur. There's a team of you know five or six of these guys. I know only one part of what happens is what I what I have an expertise in. But you know, Masood, Irfan, Ifti, all of these guys, it's all of us together. And then beyond behind us, we have about you know 130 um, micro investors. You know, we're talking about people who've put in a thousand bucks up to about fifteen thousand bucks. Okay, we're not talking about anybody who's got like written some big check or whatever. And these are just people who believe that this is important and they 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 just in the sh they don't care. It's not about them. It's just about all of us coming together and what that can achieve. And I think this is something which in the Muslim community we, we we everybody young young talent is not not supported. It's not I mean I'm not saying anything that people are gonna get offended by but I can I agree. But I think people should be they should be. I mean that that for us you know, somebody at my age, that's all I care about is I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not some Mark Zuckerberg guy in a hoodie who's like in his 20s, right? I'm much older um, and, you know, it doesn't look good for me to be driving a big sports car with no hair now. So, I, you know, I'm over that whole phase of my life, right? <laughs> but, you know, what I care about really is that this company is able to support young talent, that we're able to filter the money down and, and we get the right people kind of coming to the front and that they can build uh, you know, they can do great work, especially in this age, in this time of uncertainty. We have to be supporting them and they can support their families and you grow from that really. That's amazing, Michelle. And 100% I agree. And I think that's just one of the lessons, uh, honestly, that we can take away from this, which is to try to find, if you are if you want to make a purchase, if you want to, you know, purchase, sign up to a streaming service instead of Netflix, sign up to Alchemia. If you want to buy a product, see, is there a Muslim company that offers this product? If there's a certain outfit that you want to buy, as we mentioned, modest sportswear, don't go to Nike, go and find the Muslim designers that are working on this. And that might even just be young upstarts and that do this on their own on Instagram or Facebook. Mm -hmm. So just doing that, that shift in perspective, because non-Muslims are doing it. As you mentioned, non-Muslims go and they find the, the, what, how, what can we do to buy local? What can we do to support young entrepreneurs? What can we do to support young enterprises? But in the Muslim community, it's almost like, you know, we're trying to kind of move away from that and put our money elsewhere. And, and, and we have to bring it back within the community. And I think one of the big things as well that I think the Jewish community are, are really successful at doing is keeping the money within the community and reinvesting in within the community. And that's why I'm sure all of us know lots of Jewish investors, entrepreneurs that are, that are doing great. And, uh, you know, when you speak to them, it's they hire other people that within the community, they make sure that they're investing that money in the community and in projects. And so it, it kind of becomes an ecosystem where I feel like as Muslims, we're far behind in that sense. We're far behind. We don't invest in our communities. We don't reinvest in our talent and, and our enterprises. So I think just that point in itself is a huge takeaway. Mashallah. Now, Navid, uh, you, of course, with Alchemia, with this vision that you have and with this drive and, and this purpose behind everything that you do, you've decided that this was the focus that you wanted to, uh, to work on, which was the streaming service. And naturally, it's the world that you come from. So it's what you're most comfortable with. Now, 
what was that journey when you decided, okay, you made that decision. Okay, this is what I want. I can see the need. There's, there's not something like this out there for Muslims. And then actually creating it, actually deciding, okay, I'm going to create this. I'm going to put a team together and I'm going to find out how we can build the streaming service, how we can get, you know, TV shows, documentaries, films on this platform. Can you give me like a, a bird's eye view of what that looked like? Well, I, I had, I, I think, I think it's sort of is incremental, you know, and okay. I was one of the, I, I was aware that, look, I have, I have, the, it's like, it's like saying I'm going to open a restaurant. Right. Yeah. I know about interior design. I know what the color of the wall should be. I know what the menu should look like. I know what the typeface of the business should be, yeah. but I can't cook. Uh, <laughs> you know. so, so it's sort of it's like, don't do it then. Don't do that business. So fundamentally, you know, what I knew, I, what I know inside out is I know how to make programs. And I know the, the programs I've made millions of people watch them, you know. We made a film on the Hajj. We got like five million people to watch this film. You know, they, they weren't Muslims. There were so many non-Muslims who watched it. The Church of England gave it an award. So we can't. So you have to kind of have gotten good at that. You have to get get good at that game. And that's sort of that. Unfortunately, that's the bit you can't do in the Muslim community. Yeah, yeah. you want to get good at really good contemporary fashion. Yeah, you're going to have to get an internship at some one of the big brands somewhere. You know, go and work for Nike for five years and learn something, and then you might then you're going to bring that knowledge back out. And that's where we're at because in the Muslim community, we don't have these big multinationals or these big brands or these big media agencies where you can learn. So I learned, I learned, I learned, I learned, and then really I was in a place to say, okay, now I need all the other bits around me. And then I just spoke. I, I found you know I spoke to friends, I found people, and I go, okay, who knows about how to run finance for a media agency? And then I get some guy came for he wasn't even muslim he said look i used to also work at the bbc i understand that bit okay that's a bit of the jigsaw and then somebody said oh you know my cousin ifty he's very good at streaming and he understands all this thing i met him you know we knew people in common we kind of hit it off we talk about half the time we're just talking about you know what media what films we love to watch what music it's passion 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 but also what was the what, what, what was the purpose and then i met somebody who just said to me where is your purpose? And I was like, oh, you know, just going to show nice stuff. And he was like, no, 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 no. This is a proper systematic process. And then he coached me. He just went through, look, you know, and the, the, the purpose has to be distilled into one line. Celebrate the heritage and the beauty of Islam. Beautiful. Back. That's it. Simple. Anybody can get that, right? And then what are your values? You know, what do you stand for? What is the vision? Where are you trying to go to? You know, and in, in the process, I realized, actually, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to give a, a large portion of my stock to create the Alchemir Foundation. So this business will always be run in a way that actually the foundation is like a walk-up. It controls the business. It has a kind of a big say in how the business goes. It stays connected to the community. And the money that this business makes has to be filtered through to giving scholarships and supporting young creatives, setting up competitions and doing that. And then also I thought, well, actually, you know what? I'm one of these rare people. I'm born in London. I'm a, I'm very proudly British. I'm a Londoner. I've got a great Pakistani heritage. I'm proud of that. I'm bilingual. I speak both these languages. I speak Punjabi, Urdu and English very comfortably. I love all of it, right? I'm not one of these people. I've never felt confused between the two. I kind of make it all work. So yeah. that's what Alchemir has to be as well. It can't just be, this is just for Muslims, okay? Sorry, you can't come in, Joe. You know, this is just for Muslims. This is Muslim-only TV. It can't be that. It's definitely not mainstream. I'm not interested in that. I've just come out of that. That's some of the stuff there is scaring me. I don't want my kids watching that. I don't want to be a part of that. So we sort of said, okay, we're in this interspace. We have to live in between these two spaces. We're not fully Muslim community, and we're not really the mainstream, so we're kind of blending the two together. And so that means, okay, 
what are the positives? The positives are anybody who comes here, whether they're Muslim or not, should be able to watch the content. And actually, now they're doing that. When they come, they're like, hey, I went on holiday to Turkey. I saw you had street food of Istanbul. Oh, man, I love that stuff. I wanted to watch that film. You know, so we kind of constantly thinking we're not just thinking, what do Muslims want? What do Muslims want? We know what Muslims want. We are Muslims ourselves. Right. We're thinking over there. What can I show people? What can I put in a catalog? What films can we find that my neighbor who's not Muslim is going to watch it and he's going to say, yeah, that was really good. I really I really enjoyed that, you know. Instead of me saying, oh, well, you know, brother, I'm coming to teach you about Islam, uh, because he's going to say, yeah, sure, no thanks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be watching HBO tonight. I'm not going to be watching Alchemia, you know. So we need to kind of, we kind of have to understand how do we kind of do that. And so it was just sort of, it's, it's sort of having that top level thinking, you know, and having worked for such a large institution like the BBC, you know, you realize actually when people say media, they think, oh, it's cameras and editing and standing. It's not actually behind it. There is this excellence of thought and the excellence of thought. You know, these are the finest minds in Britain working for this corporation. They shape what words are coming out of the corporation, out of the company, what the what the news is saying, what programs are being chosen. And that is actually a whole group of, you know, you know, really smart guys. And that's what it what a, what a business like this needs. And then the other then So that was kind of the progress we took. Um, I spent four or five years going around the Muslim world, met some really, really wealthy guys. Uh, met a couple of billionaires, got past their firewalls. They loved the idea. And when I said, would you invest? They said, we'll make dua for you. Good luck. And, uh, and when you succeed, please do come see us. You know, we'd love to see, you know, uh, and it's like, so hang on, you, you, you're kind of interested in it when it does well, right? <laughs> so, so, we, so I didn't get anywhere with, with these guys for whatever reason. Some of them just said, look, we don't, we don't know this industry. We know, we know it's big. We don't know it. We're not sure about it. Um, and also other people thought, well, look, I don't get it. We're here in Malaysia. You're in the UK. How's television going to cross over the airwaves? What's that going to happen? You know, we, we have local television. You have television in the UK. How's this going to change? What, what, what's going to happen? You know, and I was like, well, there's a company you should look at. It's called Netflix. It's only three years old. But and they were like, never heard of it. You know, we're not sure about that. So yeah. this, this was 10 years ago, you know, eight years yeah. ago. I was out there, uh, 2011, 12 meeting people. And they were like, video on what you know what, what do you mean streaming television you know so it was it was a kind of a it, it, it just didn't work we came back we read a book called the the lean startup which you know all entrepreneurship read that which is like just make it happen man stop worrying about the money stop worrying about the money just join the dots you know look at what you've produced be embarrassed really and we were you're like oh man this is terrible we could do so much better than this but you know okay get it out get it out test it get it out and there was always always this discussion in our office was uh, uh you know is it apple or is it samsung so apple revealed is always like you know 125 percent perfect and samsung's like okay 60 percent let's ship it okay and it's like on a sort of fine line between these two things you have to constantly say you know, I mean, I, I'm Apple. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, control freak. I, I, I like it's got to be perfect, man. Come on, you know, I, I'll fire someone for using the wrong typeface. I mean, whoa, what are you doing, man? You know, let's just get this absolutely beautiful and perfect. But being in business, you realize, get it out, get it out, get people out. Because what happens is people start talking to you, they start yeah. testing it, they start using it, and so this is that that book was really valuable. 
and then we just we just did a crowdfunder we did we actually you know structured it as a proper company we said look here's the market here's the rise of vod uh, uh, streaming services here's what the valuation is going to be uh, what's the valuation of Muslim media? Who knows? Yeah. How does anybody know? Right? You're, you're breaking new ground, right? So yeah, there's not enough data. And then you know, I met a lovely guy Rafi who runs uh, Dinar Standard, and these guys have just professionalized the whole thing. So we looked at their data. They were out there, kind of you know, just saying, okay, look, we estimate this, 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 and um, and that 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 was enough to say, look, this. And a quarter of the planet is Muslim, right? And they've got to watch something, and they're gonna, and where they're gonna watch it. So we, we never, we never, and we also thought, look, it's impossible. We're not gonna do this and make it work for every Muslim on the planet. Yeah. What we have to start with is who we are, and who we are is we like to watch. We, you know, we watch, we watch Netflix, we watch HBO, we watch Amazon. We've grown up with the BBC. We just feel like there needs to be a Muslim media brand that actually comes up to that standard. Let's not be naive. That's yeah. cost people billions to get there, right? Yeah. They've invested billions, and so they have the quality of that. So we are trying to do that with a, an embarrassingly small amount of money, but we have passion, and we have the most incredible secret ingredient that no one knows about other than Muslims, which is barakah and dua. And actually, it's just sometimes we're just shocked, uh, like, what? You know, and you just know it's like a one drop came from Allah and just went, Allah. <laughs> just and this thing just went massive, you know. So, it, so we, we, we do believe in it. We believe that the, there are moments of barakah that just sort of accelerate what you're doing. And what, and, and you know, whenever we, we, we sort of, you know, when we study, when we read the Quran, we talk to scholars and they say, purify yourself, purify your intention, clarify your intention, clarify your intention. You know, why are you yeah. doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You know. And it's like, yeah, look, I have to be honest, I, I need the money, I have to pay, I have children, I have to feed myself, but I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in this. I'm embarrassed if anybody uses this word millionaire, Muslim millionaire. I think, look, no, we, we, we come from a religion where we're not meant to be counting that. That means nothing, really. Mm -hmm. But my value in society is not because of how much money I have in the bank. I, I, I'm embarrassed by that, I don't care. But what I do care about is if I made a program I mean, we we had a pro. We had one documentary on the on the um, on the website a while back. I think we don't have it anymore. And it was and I met some guy at this uh, networking event, non-Muslim, and he said to me, um, you know, uh, I, I'll try your product. Okay, I'll take the trial out and I'll see how good it is. And if I like it, then we'll, let's talk. We'll, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can how I can help you. And uh, he said, uh, okay. I said, fine. So we gave him a trial and uh, he called me a week later and uh, I said, did you watch anything? And he said, well, I looked through and I wasn't sure. There's just, you know, it looks very nice, but I, I, nothing caught my eye. And then he said, I saw this one documentary, uh, Salam Dunk. And um, it was about Iraqi uh, uh, girls who play basketball in Iraq. Yeah. And, okay. and I said, oh, okay. Why did you watch that? And he said, well, I'm a big NBA fan. Um, uh, and I have daughters, you know, I don't have any sons. And I thought, okay, girls, uh, basketball, let's watch this. And uh, he said, look, Naveed, I've got to tell you, I cried. This, this film moved me when I saw the reality of their lives, how they coped with the war, what they were doing, their passion for basketball, which I share. So I empathized with them. I connected with them. And he said, you, you turned the dial. You turned my dial. I, the dial turned on Islam for me. You know, I had never understood. Muslims in that way, and I saw something different. 
and job done. That's it. You know, what more could we ask? We we just, you know, we're not trying to convert people to Islam. That's Allah does that. We don't do that. We just try to put the right things in front of them and so that actually they can feel something in their hearts and they have some understanding and some they make some connection. Look, they're human beings, we're human beings. That's just that's where it is. And we all say to people, we're just we're just you know, say, are you doing dawah, are you doing this? No, we're sharing what we love. We share what we love. You know, I, I, I mean, my background was design. I'm just, you'll see there's a lot of films and architecture. and I love that. I love, you know, I love all of the buildings we build, the carpets we've made, the designs we have. I love all of that. And then my other friend, Erfan, he's a foodie. So he loves all the kebabs and he loves all of the burgers and all that. So, so he's really like, oh, there's some more films on biryani, you know. So, so it's that. And actually, you know, that's a great point documentary on the history of biryani right there's about 30 different types of biryani we don't have that film yet. <laughs> we made this film uh, but this is this is the kind it's just finding things like that it's not complicated it's not political it's not some theoretical thing it's just what we love this is what we all love and this is what why so many people come on holiday they come on holiday to Muslim countries and they come back and they had a great time and they met great people and they saw some amazing buildings and they brought back some beautiful presents and jewelry and carpets and lovely kaftans and that's and that's what we got to you know it's common sense put that at the front right that's Islam okay hey try that yeah 100%. That's, that's it yeah and you said it yourself, and honestly, that's what uh, that's pretty much what what we built Omapreneur on the foundation of that as well, which is, I mean, it, our core mission is, you know, to one of the core values that we have. One of them is creating leaders. Uh, one of them is changing the narrative, right? And and what I believe is through entrepreneurship, we are able to change the narrative because when we create these businesses, these enterprises that are doing amazing things and doing it well with a certain level of quality, as you mentioned earlier, then people start to pay attention. They start mm -hmm. to look. And just like you, when you had that experience and that person watched one documentary and then realized, wow, this is shows Muslim in a normal light. Yeah. It caused a shift and his, his paradigm shifted completely on Islam and Muslims. And I believe entrepreneurship is one of the best ways to do this. And a living testament to that is you and your work. And really, at this point, uh, Brother Navid, my question to you is, where do you plan to take this? Where do you plan to take Alchemia? Because now I look at the website and it, mashallah, looks extremely beautiful. I feel like I'm on the Netflix website. It's extremely crisp. It's HD. All the thumbnails look amazing. The shows look extremely interesting. I'm definitely signing up. And I want to know what's next for this. Because from what I what I look, when I when I go on the website, it does not look like a scrappy upstart. It looks like a very classy and quality operation. So what's next? Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's just a long list of things that we we would love to do. I mean, definitely, uh, you know, we every day we get hundreds of emails saying, well, I need a Roku app, or I have an LG TV, or I have that. So we don't we don't have that full range, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're it's not it's not a big stretch. We're almost there. We'll be able to offer that. So we max out on on, on all the people coming there. And then I think also it's just educating people because the, the it's sort of it's been good, but it's been bad to be called the Muslim Netflix. It's good in many ways because it's shorthand. People instantly get what we're offering. Yeah. But it's bad because people think that we I mean, Netflix has like, you know, three billion a year on content they spend. Right. I mean, right. 
So people's expectations of what we have is like, oh, why don't you have this? Why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> you know, we don't. We just kind of like so. So more, more, and, and it's a circular issue for us, really. Um, we we want to keep the company independent. We just definitely don't want to have investors who are like pulling strings and saying we'd like to put this content on or this content on. There has to be this sense of independence. Look, we we have a clear vision about what kind of content we show, and we want to stick to that. All right, we want to be able to say, look, this stuff is not for us. It's not what our customers want to watch. So that's very important for us. And we always look for investors who are uh, values aligned. You know, so people sign up to what we're doing, and they 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 understand. Look, you know, we we have the same mindset. So that's that that's one of the barriers that stops us from being able to do rapid growth, as it were, and just suddenly be everywhere. Secondly, we've probably got now the largest uh, library of content about Islam that you would want to watch, you know, that is, is quality. We've sort of shifted it from all around the world. The stuff that we don't have, we're in the process. We've got another four to 500 titles which are just in the process of being, you know, we, we can't get them on quickly enough. Um, so we're facing this issue of how, how do we expand? Do we do it really, really fast? In which case there are consequences as well in terms yeah. of, the structure and uh, and and being compromised in terms of who you work with, um, and then on another level, there is sort of there's benefit in doing it in an organic way. Mm-hmm. Um, are there competitors out there? Or are there? You know, I hope so. I hope other people come and try and do this so well because I think the market can take it. The, the Muslim market can can sustain all of that. But we are first to market. We have that benefit. We have a professional background, um, and so so the biggest thing. What would I like to do is it's just you know more subscribers means we can, we, we we spend that cash on improving the product. Okay, mm-hmm. and that definitely without a doubt will mean m- more 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 film, much more movie. You know, high quality stuff. Uh, probably a lot more uh, drama series. We we know where they are, but you know you've got to remember if somebody spent millions on their drama series, then they're expecting a lot of money back for it, and there's mm-hmm. just stuff that we we're out of that league. You know, yeah. and people say to us, "Do you have Ertigal? We'd love to get Ertigal, but it's a, it's a cost issue. They're doing so well elsewhere. Um, yeah, actually having it here. I mean, it, it just makes sense because it, we, we're the home of it. You know, it sort of belongs with us, as it were. But the really really exciting. I mean. Both sad and exciting is we uh, for um, you know for the last Eid for the Hajj, we yeah. said okay, let's just go out there, let's just get everything, you know, let's get the best stuff we can on Hajj. So we put a beautiful collection of about twenty films. I mean, if you go through these films, you just will learn so much. If you've never been, you're going to just have an incredible experience. If you have been, you'll be wow, you know, so nostalgic for what you saw, and it, it's really really moving stories of people's experiences from the Hajj right there. We have a film from the 1930s. It's one of probably one of the first films ever made of the journey to the Hajj. Beautiful wow. film, you know, and uh, uh, you get very emotional. You see what people were doing, and it was made 1930. So this is less than 100 years ago. The journey, when you go off at Jeddah, and you make your way, you know, you go to the Mikad, you you know, you get you get into Iran, and you're just going to the Haram, it's incredible. We, we, we're spoiled. We're really spoiled because they, they were walking, they were on camels. And you see all of this has been filmed. It's so amazing. And when the first shots of the Garber, it's just incredible to think how much has changed, you know. So we, we're very pleased with that. And then we tried to do the same on the profits, otherwise, because of Rabbi Lowell. So it's an important thing, you know, whether you whether you uh, mark the Molid or you don't mark the Molid, the fact is a platform like this, this is... This is important for us, right? We need to have 
um, easily uh, enjoyable, informative, accurate films on the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Right, definitely, one hundred percent. It's a it's a no brainer. We're shocked. There's only four projects ever, 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 ever. You know. Wow. Uh, two of them are feature films. One of them is The Message, of course. One of them is the recent one uh, by the Iranian director, um, uh, Majid Majidi. And then there's two documentaries. So the first thing that starts to happen is the usual, you know, oh, you're not allowed to show the face of the prophet. Well, look, we know that, okay? We're Muslims as well. We, we know that. We wouldn't yeah. do that. We're not interested in that. But we also know how to make high quality documentaries that would give a real sense of who he was without showing him. I mean, you know, I, I, I worked at the BBC on a project on the life of Alexander the Great, um, incredible person. There is actually no, no, no image of him. They don't, they don't know what he looked like. And we made a six part series without ever showing what he looked like. So that's about creativity and imagination, you know, of course. Um, and so we know that's possible. I mean, you know, forget six part series. We could do a hundred part series on different aspects of, who the prophet was, sort of, sort of, and so that that is that it's things like that that we want to get to. That's the next stage of where we're going to get to. Um, we need to find the right partners to be able to uh, make those projects happen. Um, and and I think uh, you know, I mean, we've already had uh, approaches from uh, schools in the UK, and somebody quite important in the school system has been checking out the content, checking it against the curriculum, or what the kids are learning. And they've just stamped it to say, okay, this needs to go into schools now because um, you know you guys, have, you've, you've just you've just nailed it. You've put all of the right content together, and this makes our job to teach Islam a lot easier, you know. And so that's that's going to like schools where there's no Muslim kids at all. It's like oh. you know, just British kids learning about they need to learn about the world and the Muslim world. And they, hey, watch watch this program on Al Kamir, and they're going to put it in classrooms, right? So wow. it's that kind of thing, and that that that's what the vision is is to just get it out there and for it to develop into really um i mean i had never really i, I still don't fully believe that there's that the attitude of expecting it to be like netflix where night after night you're just watching drama you're watching film you're watching drama you're watching film yeah. I, I actually like the national geographic right i like discovery channel i like the history channel i like the idea that actually we put content which it it's kind of helping you up here you know yeah. don't yeah. don't get me wrong i love drama i love movies and i think you, you learn a lot about yourself and you see those things reflected but you know it, it's a second classroom and, and as a kid who grew up um you know immigrant pakistani parents living in london in the 70s i watched a lot of tv and a lot of tv that i watched was just great documentaries and it, it was a surrogate education it, it, it helped me it improved my right. understanding of the world and that I think is still not not fully understood the value of that in our community. You know, people are still very much uh, you know because they watch I guess because they watch Bollywood films and so they think film is you know very important and stuff. But but actually you know high quality documentary, well made, informative. You, you've you've got a university in your laptop. You, you're just going to be getting the the best you know the best information. And it, and, it, and while you're watching it, you're enjoying yourself because you're seeing all these amazing ideas. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And and really, I mean, let's be honest here, aside from us, we're entrepreneurs, and, and we like reading, and we, and we enjoy books, and a lot of people do, but there's also a growing uh, generation right now that's coming up, and that is surrounded by media, and that don't really maybe value books and reading as much. Now, I know mm -hmm. I might be, you know, sharing a stereotype, but the truth of the matter is, it's a fact. People, 
uh, or there's a new generation growing now and they are surrounded by Netflix and streaming services and on demand whenever you want, watch whatever you want. And they're getting used to that as a habit. And so if you then cater to this and, and say, okay, well, listen, instead of picking up a thick book on the story of the Prophet Sallallahu or the story of his companions, where most of them honestly are translated in a very heavy English and, and they're, they're hard to read sometimes uh, and they're not as, as, as enjoyable to read because it's really a, a bit of an old antiquated English, if I'm honest, if they have the option to watch something on a streaming service and it's entertaining, but at the same time, it's educational, they're naturally going to gravitate towards that. And so it's, instead of trying to kind of force, you know, the, this new generation of, of children and maybe young adults that's coming up and that's saying, no, listen, maybe we're not really interested in picking up all these books that are mistranslated. Well, then, all right, here's this form of entertainment that you love and already enjoy, except it's now educational and you get to learn at the same time and you get to, you know, discover more about your religion and about, you know, your history and your legacy. And so it's just amazing that now this opportunity is being opened by you guys, mashallah, and that is being brought to the world. And you mentioned early, earlier that you're open to, you know, yourself, you guys are the first person to do this, but the first people and companies started to do this, but you're open to other people coming in and doing this. But I would actually disagree with that. And I'd say, why compete when you can support instead? You know, why go and yeah. try to start something that you guys have already started and you're already doing amazing, mashallah. Instead, if this idea seems interesting to you, go ahead and support what you guys are doing, right? And I, I believe you guys have a launch good right now to actually start funding your own productions. Can you, can you give me a few more details on that? Well, again, we, we see that there's a there's there's a, a, an absence of programs. We are very keen to have programs about the Black Muslim community. You know, so we have a series called Black Muslim and Proud. And yeah. actually, when you go out there, you realize there's so few, so few things have been made about the Black Muslim community. In particular, yeah. the Black Muslim community in America is really important at the moment because of what's taking place historically in the world. But even you know, African Islam, we need to understand that, and because we're living in a globalized world. And when I say we, often you know, we uh, these programs we put them out so that us you know Asians and Pakistanis we need to understand what that these are our Black Muslim brothers, and so we yeah. put them out for that reason, you know, and uh, th but we need to help people make new ones. There's just not enough content out there. Similarly, when the issue comes around children's content, there's there's a demand for it and the quality of it needs to increase. We need to get the right young people working on those so that you see a lot of creativity coming out. And lastly, women. I mean, programs about Muslim women, get you know you could just go through our catalog there's a lot of guys with big beards you know mashallah but it's uh we need to have you know some kind of stuff that is actually also made by women talking about themselves i mean that's one of the new things that in the past we said okay great let's go and make five programs about muslim women no it doesn't it's not for me to make them i need to find a young muslim filmmaker and say look we support you okay we're going to back you with this and you should make that and what you were saying earlier I mean, what I was, what I trained at the BBC, what we were doing was we were saying, let's make people watch this program. And when they finish the program and it ends, they want to, they should say, hmm, that was great. I'm going to get a go and get a book from the library on that subject so I can learn more. Mm. So it's the other way around. It was yeah. like for somebody who would not have thought about learning about something, 
we would actually make make these programs so it, it makes them think and then they're suddenly they're inspired and they're fascinated and they're like and you know we're all like that because you start off someone just tells you about something but once your once your imagination's been captured you kind of become you want to become really geeky about it you get all nerdy about it and you're like i wonder if there's any books and then you yeah oh yeah there's some books about it then you start reading one you know that i mean it's like with the sera i i, I just read the sera you know dr martin lings you know that's the best one that's the best yeah. one something i was like what else is there you know and then i just like I, I, 25 different then i read all of them you know so you just get hungry for it and it's it's that spark we try to the film provides the spark that then takes you somewhere and the same thing then applies to actually the styles of content okay so we've got a lot of people a lot of muslim young muslim kids who are getting good at youtube they're putting these youtube videos out but these are like snacks you know this is like really it, it's made quickly it's short it's consumed it's forgotten about okay and i i'm saying to them look Literature is important because it tells you how to structure a 30-minute story, a one-hour story, a six-part series. You've got to try to extend your, the quality of your filming outwards so that you're, you're making much longer pieces. And that's what people want to watch because people want to, want to come back night after night. And there's a great three-part series I'm watching on something like this, you know, on the history of Islam in America. That's a six-part series, right? celebration of islam in america everything that's wonderful jefferson you know he had his own quran you know all of this stuff the declaration of independence uh Sapello islands you know uh with the the, the uh, uh, black americans in the Sapello islands all of this stuff all this history so it needs to be made and that that needs someone to think it out and do that and the and the, if you're just going to do five minute clips and three minutes clips and it's just quick fast it will be forgotten very quickly. You know, people yeah. consume it, they get fed up. You can make thousands of them, it's not enough. But actually I'm talking about now having stuff which is of medium quality and of high quality, where even 10, 20 years later, when you watch that film, you think, wow, this is, you know, it still is relevant today. I mean, I can remember when the Malcolm X film came out, you know, Spike Lee made that. If you watch that film today, you'd still think, you wouldn't, you'd think it was made yesterday. You wouldn't, it, it's, it becomes timeless. And yeah. good filmmaking is really like that. I mean, the message is like that. It's a 40-year-old film, and when we watch it on the life of the Prophet we still feel value. We still feel, you don't feel, oh, this is an old film. It feels old now. You don't think that. You just think, yeah. wow, an incredible story. And so it's, so we're trying, we want, we want to inspire that, and we also want to help. We want to help. Look, come on, work with us. Um, let, let, you know, if you can shoot and you can film and you've got a YouTube channel, look, let's try to expand your content. And the most important thing, you know, which is what you're doing here is, we need to build an economic system around this. We can't rely forever on some rich Muslim guys who are gonna write checks and support it or Dawa or launch good. We need to turn this into a thing of, look, we, this is our job. We take it seriously. You know, we have talent, we have ideas. People need to consume it. It's a product. And if they pay, it's not, it's not a lot of money, but actually the numbers are so significant. You know, by the time you cross between the UK, US, Canada, Australia, you don't even need a huge market. You know, you're talking about very small numbers of people deciding to back you and you have a significant amount of income coming in, you know. Yeah. And the difference between us and I guess the mainstream media is they just pay themselves really, really high salaries. Yeah. And they make a lot of money and they keep their shareholders very happy and they do all of that. What we're interested in is getting that money and filtering it back in so that it just expands, it expands that and actually it creates jobs. We need to have a lot more people who are talented in filmmaking, talented in editing, talented in digital arts, talented in special effects. And all of that is becomes this creative explosion of content and film. 
that people yeah. consume all over the world. And what what a great what a great thing that you you have a job and because I tell you the number of guys I met who like I I I I I'm an accountant but I wanted to be a filmmaker my dad didn't let me do it you know and that's like the next generation that's really frustrating I think we want people who've got passion and to channel that into into this into into this industry as it were. I think that would be an amazing solution because a lot of people that that, that are coming up a lot a lot of young Muslims who are artistic and creative don't have an outlet for this they don't have an outlet for their artistic and a lot of times when they enter the mainstream industry there are sometimes requirements that might not be compatible with your values as a muslim whereas if you know we provided a platform for that for young muslims then they are able to still express themselves in their creativity and in their art but be comfortable doing so and not have to go against their beliefs and and how they choose to live which is honestly amazing sorry so <laughs> I had a blank moment there. Yeah, no, sorry. no problem, no problem. So, yeah. so uh, actually, I was just commenting on what you said and right. how, yeah. you know, yeah. just that if, if we create the solution like this, then it's going to allow these yeah. young Muslim artists to actually have an outlet for their creativity. And that's uh, absolutely a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, so, look, uh, my good friend, Dustin Cron, he's doing the Global Muslim Film Festival. Um, you know, there there is... Uh, you know, for us, I think the next thing is we'll, we'll sponsor some um, film contest. So we'll say, okay, if, if it's your first film, we'll, we'll put up a prize. We'll set a theme, Young Muslim and Woke or something cool like that, you know. And, and <laughs> Love it. It's, it's, you know, let's just kind of make things happen and do stuff yeah. and then connect and we can discuss it and do that. I mean, in that same way, we have some amazing content from Iran, you know, uh, cinema from Iran. People say, oh, there's nothing about Islam. And, and you, you watch these films, they're not, they're not anything about, they're just great drama, but they're so infused with Quranic values and Islamic values that people have been living through. And, you know, we get the usual thing, oh, this is, uh, are they Shia and all this? And it's like, you know, man, you're just so prejudiced. Just got to watch this stuff. It's actually just about human life. But the Iranians have actually understood this issue because they, they, they know they can't show certain things. They're fantastic filmmakers. And there's some, just some beautiful dramas which really capture you. And I think that that is a great model for us. You know, as is as is obviously Ertigal, something like Ertigal. You know, it's a great. These are great models for us to aspire to. That they can, that we can see some really good dramas coming out of uh, the states, coming out of Canada, coming out of the UK. Uh, but this just it's just it's exciting because there's just so much potential. There's just yeah. so so much of an open space for people to start doing stuff. You know, hundred percent. I completely agree, uh, brother Navid. And so I have one more question for you before we dive into uh, the live Q and A. We'll take some questions from the audience, inshallah. So for everyone watching, guys, if you have any questions for brother Navid on Alchemia and on his story and his experience with entrepreneurship and as just a movie executive, someone in the industry, then please send them in the comments and we'll go through them through the Q&A, inshallah. Before we dive into that, I have one more question for you. And it's a question I'd like to ask to every single guest. And it's, if you could meet Naveed from before he started Alchemy, when he was still working with the BBC, and he wasn't really sure yet that he was going to be an entrepreneur, right? He was still within that industry. And you could tell him one thing. You could tell him one thing to maybe drive him forward, to encourage him, you know, to maybe to make sure that he stays on the path. What would that one thing be? Uh, I, I, I think self-belief. It's got, it's got to be self-belief. The, it, it's, um, it's not easy growing up as an immigrant. Yeah. It's not easy growing up as a person with different colored eyes, different colored skin than everybody else who's around you. It's not easy to be 
going around with a beard. It's not easy to have your head covered. It's not easy to want to duck out and do your salah. It's not easy. And because it's not easy, you can internalize that. You can turn that inside and think I'm I'm wrong or I'm the wrong one. And I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen in even in my own family, rather sadly, where people just start to feel I I, I this is not right. You know, I, I just want to be like everybody else. And I think that what it does is it makes you feel it, it erodes the confidence, you know, in, 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 in a lot of young people, you know, in our community. And actually that that that's the thing is you may be young, you may not have resources, you may not have uh, avenues, you may not have networks, you may not have people, you may not even have the qualifications yet. But if you have this spark inside you and you know that you just have this dream of something can happen and you've got that talent, then, 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 then don't give up. Don't give up and, you know, but, but work hard. You know, you really, really have to work hard. Yeah. Amazing, Michelle. And this is why I have to ask that question because I tell my kids, I tell my kids, they 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 do stuff and they say, "What's the reward, Dad? What's the reward?" And I said, "The reward of hard work is hard work." That's yeah. something to think about. Uh, you know, people who work hard, they're like, "Our reward is more hard work, which we love." <laughs> so that's yeah. it. You grow to love. You you grow to thrive in that environment. Absolutely. And and it's uh it's definitely fast paced, Michelle. So again, I, I love asking these questions because. Well, every time I ask this, I mean, it not only does it speak to me because it's kind of like, you know, I'm asking you to tell me what to tell me something, but also to everyone listening, because it's all Muslim entrepreneurs. They're all starting up like myself. Some of them may be a bit more experienced who listen to this. And so when they hear something like that from an experienced entrepreneur like yourself, it's just a very powerful reminder. So I want to thank you for that. Now, we'll dive into some audience Q&A, guys. So we'll have a few questions for Brother Navid. So if you have questions for Brother Navid on Alchemia, on his experience as an entrepreneur, on his journey, on his story, drop them in the comments and we'll go through a few, inshallah. The first one that I'll dive into is from Sister Faye. And she says, I want to do a fast forward. How do you plan to sustain your vision long-term, inshallah, knowing the competition and even the bashers, she corrected that, is quite tough in the mainstream media, as in like maybe there's a negative stigma here and there's obviously competition. How do you plan to sustain your vision long term? Um, well, it's it's growing fast. It's growing well. And it's because we made a lot of mistakes. We made lots of mistakes, but we picked ourselves up every single time. And we learned from those mistakes really fast. And I think that's really important. You have to you have to you have to be prepared. You, you can't be embarrassed about that. Look we're not you know it's normal and we don't we don't see that as anything wrong and in fact we get worried if we're not making enough mistakes because it shows we're not being we're not being innovative enough we're not trying different things so we, we we've done a lot of that we've done a lot of testing um and you know the other thing is it's it's partnerships there's as, as much as you you can say it's hostile out there i think it's not i think it's i think it's easy what you're tuning into you know you can watch the news and you can think they all hate us but they don't they don't X percentage really don't like us. X percentage couldn't care less. They're ignoring us. And X percentage actually really care about wanting us to be a part of their, you know, their lives as well and to be and to respect and mutual respect going on. So you have to kind of pick partnerships and you work with those partners. I mean, we're on Amazon. That's really helped us. It's sort of given us a great confidence. It's taken us out to a lot of, lot of, um, you know, it's just given us reach we couldn't have achieved on our own. So you have to, you have to find those partners very carefully. Um, and yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, in terms of the people doing the bashing, is is that what she was saying? Bashing? Yeah, it's like how to deal with competitors or people who bash, uh, essentially the. 
I mean, I mean, I don't. We, they're not competitors, right? They're right. not competitors. If they're, they, they, there's people in the mainstream. We're not. You, you know, look, we don't. We don't think people are going to cancel Netflix and have Alchemy. I think they'll have both, right? So we're not yeah. really competing with them in that way. And to be honest, you know, if if someone else in the Muslim community is doing stuff, they're our brothers. So we just, we just, you know, I mean, th there's a well-known phrase in Silicon Valley, uh, frenemies, right? Okay. So what that is uh, fundamentally is the more people doing this it's the sector starts to grow you know yeah. the whole area starts to grow people start to yeah. take it seriously more investment money comes in people think okay you know one what we can't have one muslim uh, modest fashion uh, person yeah we need 50 of them we need 20 of them right and then a whole scene's kind of starting to grow and then people are saying hey look these guys are doing something so that's yeah. the economic theory but fundamentally yeah i just think you know these are that's when you say what are your values our values are look we we're not here to fight anybody. We don't hear. We 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 don't protest. We're not here to protest. We're here to show you what the change is. The change is the our creativity is our answer. That's what we're showing. You know, mm -hmm. and, and 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 it's very important actually when you look at the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He wasn't. He was spending less time criticizing what was wrong, and saying spending more time telling people this is what is good. He was just asking people to come to goodness. Yeah. He wasn't actually saying you're wrong and you're bad and you're doing bad stuff. He was actually saying, "Here, look, here's the message. This is goodness. Come to this goodness." And he was persecuted because it was an alternative to what they were doing. And they were like, "No, we, we, this is what we do." And he was like, "No, this is actually what is right and good for everybody." You know. And in in that way, sometimes actually you have to kind of just disengage from all of that noise and stay focused on what you're doing. You know, and and, and stay focused on that. Yeah, 100%. I, I really appreciate that response. And I think it kind of resonates with all of us, um, especially as entrepreneurs. I mean, it's, it's something to keep in mind, no matter what you're doing, no matter what industry. I have another question here from a sister, uh, Juman. She says, a lot of non-Muslim parents I know are also worried of today's children TV programs, movies, toys, etc. Um, have you thought of branching out to mainstream media and try to expand your market to reach non-Muslims, but who also share some of our values? So who want those children not to be exposed, maybe to certain indecency or offensive things that are unfortunately present now in the mainstream media? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a nice idea, but I'll be honest with you, when you, we, we, I can hardly sit here and say to you, we've conquered the Muslim world, you know? So yeah. <laughs> the first thing is that, you know, we're still trying to convince Muslims to kind of follow us and, 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 and to come here and experience this. So it's sort of, uh, it, you know, it, it, to me, the work is there really that we provide a alternative to what's out there in the mainstream media. And not all mainstream media is bad. I totally get that. And not all Muslim media is worth watching as well. I also get that, you know. So for us, it's a very difficult job. It's uh, we would love to invest loads and loads into high quality content. We know what that high quality content is because we've come from those environments. Yeah. So we would like to invest that into children's programming and bring people over. But I think I think it's sort of it's just this idea that actually if you opened a, um, a you know a Pakistani restaurant making lovely food or a kebab shop would you say Muslims only in there on the window? Would you say, you know, if you opened a Moroccan restaurant selling couscous, would you say Moroccans only? You wouldn't do that. But but those guys initially open it because they think my other Moroccan friends are going to come here and eat because they want to eat Moroccan food. Yeah. And then suddenly they find, they look around one weekend and it's full of non-Moroccans, you know, <laughs> full of normal people who are like, yeah, we love this food, right? So that's that's how we see it, you know. 
we know who our target market is because as a business, you have to focus in on somebody. You have to say, yeah. okay, this is how many Muslims live here. Of that Muslims, we call our customers global urban Muslims. So we even segment further. And then we know these are the age groups that are really interested in us. So it's kind of, you know, you segment and you do all of that. When it comes to non-Muslims, it's like, that's great. We've, we've never excluded them. We always make it available. But I think it's a, it's a, it, it, at the moment, our priority would be to at least serve right. our community and, and make an impact there. That's understandable. And exactly, the more it grows, the more others will take notice. And then naturally, it's not like you're saying this is Muslims only. And even with our Facebook group, actually with Omarpreneur, um, when there's non-Muslims sometimes who request to join, and I still accept because number one, you know, they get to join and realize, okay, this is still just like any other entrepreneurship group, except, you know, maybe there isn't some of the profanity or the bad stuff out there. And there is a bit of more spirituality involved and they actually enjoy it, which is amazing. And it's an awesome form of dawah. So I think there's there's some power and beauty in that, definitely. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the, the, the consequences of this could be that some of the bigger media platforms decide to start doing more Islamic content, okay? Yeah. Is that good for us as a business or bad for us as a business? Quite frankly, we don't care. We will always say we're better than you, okay? Yeah. We are. When you, want to, when, you want to, when you want to talk about Islamic media, even the smallest Muslim guy on YouTube is better than Netflix because he's Muslim. It's fake. Yeah. If Netflix is paying for it and they're doing it, it's 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 a second-rate product. It's always going to be. It's it's like you if you you know I keep using the analogy of food, but if you went into a Pakistani restaurant and there were four Swedish blonde guys cooking the food, what would you say? Oh wow, Swen and his mates are really great at cooking Pakistani food. It's like I don't think so. I just don't. <laughs> think so. And I think this is coming up again and again, right? Um, this film's being made about. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the history of slavery, okay? And then actually black people are saying, all you're doing is just regurgitating our trauma over and over again. Who are these films for? And it's the same thing about, I, I even see young young, young Muslim filmmakers come to us sometimes and, oh, we're going to do about terrorism. I'm like, why? Why do you want to do that? Yeah. That's, they fed you that nonsense. Now you're doing it, right? Why should we address it? You, yeah. you know, They're doing that nonstop. So our focus has to be, at least let's just talk about the stuff we care about, right? And at the end of the day, these are our stories. They belong to us. If we do them with tiny little budgets, that's the best we can do. That's the best we can do. If they take our stories and they do them with multi-million budgets, well, then they own them. And and to me, they'll never really, really be, you know, they they, they won't have they won't have that same love in them. They won't have that same thing. I, I, you know, so that, 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 that's what I'm saying. I, I personally, I think this is happening everywhere. I mean, people are very careful about when they eat their organic food, who grew the food, where did it grow? You know, um, people are very careful about if you want a pair of, um, you know, handmade shoes, you know, who made the shoes? It's, yeah. it's called discernment, right? And, and this is what actually big business does. It just comes and eats up everything. Oh, let's just eat up all the Muslim filmmakers and we'll make all the Muslim films. Well, it's always going to be some guy at the top pulling the decisions who decides what yeah. gets made and what doesn't get made. And that's that's actually the thing that we've really, really are facing a battle. We've got to try to tackle all of this because what it will do is it will start to erode our culture. It will reduce that choice down. And to them, it's just, yeah, sure, you know, we've got this, we've got this. I mean, you know, I've heard this about Bollywood now, the Netflix going in and trying to make Bollywood films. And it's like there's already people there who have got a living making Bollywood films who make them really well. And this is the kind of thing that I think actually where we have to be, we, ha we, we have to sort of be aware that we don't want that to happen. We want, we want to promote our own and we want to keep 
hold of what is really our heritage and our voice and our and, and our stories. These are our stories. They're for us to tell and share with people. That's true. Yeah. No, because it, it's a slippery slope. Because if you, that's an interesting point. Because if you, that's the thing. If you like go of the reins initially, thinking that you know, oh, it's an amazing, it's amazing that Netflix's huge platform is is taking up, uh, for example, Bollywood movies, and and they they want to produce them. At first, it, it might seem you know like a like a good thing because you're getting more exposure. But then, over time, you're slowly letting them have control over the narrative. Right, which is the problem that we're facing now. Narrative, right? It's like it's like the guys who took over some little beloved uh, biscuit factory or cake factory, and the recipe hadn't been changed for 150 years, right? And then these big guys come in, and then within five years, all the ingredients have been stripped out, and all the bad stuff's gone in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, all the yeah. stuff is gone and in its place is a hydrogenated whatever and all this stuff and then people are like oh these don't taste like they used to and then it just tanks the whole thing people stop buying it right so it's 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 just these we've seen these cycles happen before and what will happen is okay so suddenly they come in they they they, they start making bollywood films and then what happens to all the small suppliers who couldn't couldn't get those netflix contracts they slowly start dying in the five to ten year period um one year there's a bad year people didn't watch indian films they like they we're not we're de-infesting and by then it's gone the, the the all that magic is gone all that talent is gone all those skills have disappeared and it just slowly starts to die so it's it's kind of you know it, this is real cultural appropriation really i mean when people talk about cultural appropriation it's it's i i i'm not against that i always say to people the whole of islam is telling people please take our religion it's not it's not you know yeah. half my friends are converts to islam great appropriate my religion please appropriate my culture please do i have no problem with it what i don't want is someone appropriating it who has no care for it who doesn't really respect it who doesn't really understand it who doesn't yeah sure it's muslims one day and then it's bulgarians the next day and it's armenians the next day and it's whatever buddhists and we just tick in a box right and that is hollow. That is shallow. That is superficial. And that's what I, I, I you know, we, we, that's what I, I worry about. Look, that's mm -hmm. the stuff we have to say. No, you can't. You can't do that. You definitely can't do that. And look at look at it. It happened. It's happening. It's already happening. Okay. So we had, you know, we had Homeland and you know, twenty four, and so it was like we had a ten year period of, oh my God, these guys hate us. And look what they're doing, and they're hiding, and there's going to be something, and they're up to, and the fantastic dr spy dramas, and FBI, and Homeland, and we, you know, we saw all of this stuff going on, all these films for ten years, right? Now it's got to the point where that's just been done to death. Okay, the dam, but the damage is done, right? The damage is done. The ideas, yeah. the thoughts have gone in, and uh, actually, oh, shockingly, the country swung to the right. We've seen the rise of right wing. Uh, uh you know uh, mentality and it's like whoa yeah i mean how did that happen you know yeah. put enough films out there that kind of made people feel that way right so then the thing is okay we've got to tone it down now what well let's not just show them as human beings and as good people this no let's just start putting all the comedians up so oh, they're actually muslims are really funny they're funny guys you know they're quite clown like you know it's okay they're just just like us whatever but then that, now the next caricature of Muslims is like, oh, they just, you know, they had, they, really they're just having a laugh and a joke. And while they're out, whoosh, all oh, their hijab fell off. Oh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's so it's, it's, and we're not stupid. Yeah. I don't think anyone is anymore. The level of media literacy has grown. You can't do that. It's called a caricature. It's called a toxic stereotype. It's called offensive. We're not, 
it's not on you know it, it hurts people it damages society it, it it causes problems it ends up getting the wrong people elected you know and this this is a huge problem and so actually what what could we do in it we we're not in control of mainstream media but we we definitely better at least cement our own talent together and support them and bring people together and say yeah. look you know we we do that i mean tyler perry you look at the work of tyler perry right um he's not had huge support from hollywood yeah. but very very successful business very yeah. successful business yeah and um you know you know it's like it's like you meant in this scenario because with whoever controls the media actually controls what people think right what they what people how people view the world the thing is, it's about choice now, okay? Because you, you, that that made much more sense when there was limited, when there was only you know ten cable channels, or there was there, there was no YouTube, there was no that. So now we're in an opposite situation where actually, yeah, they do they do control that, but it's your choice. You can turn it off. You don't have to watch it. And and but but people won't turn off until there's an alternative. There's something better to watch, you know. And recently, probably they're sitting there thinking. Hey, where are the Muslims all gone? How comes they're not watching Twenty Four anymore? It's like, oh yeah, because they're watching Urtical. That's why, <laughs> you know. So, like, you know, at some point, people wake up like, why, why am I watching stuff that's hurting me? That's kind of damaging me, and it's it's this is stupid. Why should I watch this? And it makes me feel bad, and I look bad out of this. And so it's it, it, and they call it self sabotage. You know, where you're just or self hatred. You just keep watching programs where you just made to look as you're the bad guy. And that's why I think a lot of people just checked out 24 News, you know, 24 hour CNN. People just stop watching this stuff. It's like, well, what's the point? You know, yeah. the story is always bad when it, we're always the bad guys in this story. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. So yeah. I think when something like Ertigal comes along, people are just jumping for that and saying, hey, there's a Muslim hero. He's good looking and he's doing some great stuff. And I feel really good about it. You know, so that's that's what we're looking for. I think more of that. 100%. And um Really, at this point, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, most of these channels and and these uh, these TV, TV production companies are all owned by I think about four or five big companies, major companies that have you know all these subsidiaries, and these are all these TV channels that you know we watch on a daily basis. And so, truly, all of the channels that we watch and all, all of the programming that's put out is really controlled by about four or five companies across hundreds of channels. And so that's something to think about when, you know, yourself with Alchemia, at least now that we're bringing an alternative that allows people to choose. And I think just the, the ability to make that decision in itself is extremely powerful. Whereas before you weren't even able to make that decision. Right, you 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 didn't have a choice. You you it was you mentioned it was either that or you turn on the Arabic dish, and it's, it's, it's for us young adults who are born and raised in, in North America in the UK, it, we don't relate to to that kind of content. Yeah, well, for us, I think what we do is we pick it out. You know, we curate it. It's sort of like uh, I'm a Pakistani, and um, we don't eat olives. We just don't eat olives. You know, I love olives, man. I, that hurts me. <laughs> But that, I've learned that from my from my Arab friends. Hey, try some olives first time. Like, mm, I'm not sure. But by the third time, hey, these are lovely. You know. So actually, that that sense of sharing, we're saying, hey, try these Iranian films. If you watch Turkish, try this. And actually, we've gone through. You know, yeah, there's 500 Arab drama series. We picked three for you because these are the best we found, and we know you'll like these. So it's kind of you know sort of mixing that up and then allowing people to kind of find the best. Because who's got time to kind of go through lots and lots and lots? And it's what's relevant to your life. So. We're, 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 we're doing all of that kind of stuff. Um, what was the first part of your question? You were asking about the, yeah. 
Yeah, so it wasn't a question, it was actually more of a statement of just, yeah, you know, well, the ability to make that decision is. Yeah, so yeah. so this is no dissimilar to, I guess, when, if you look at the history of Motown Records, okay, because it was the same thing. You know, if you were a black performer, a black artist, you had to kind of find someone to record you, someone to distribute you, and the, everybody you worked with was white. They, were, they didn't understand your music sometimes, they didn't understand the market, they wouldn't play the record. Some people didn't even want to play, some radio stations didn't play black artists, they only played white rock and roll music and they wouldn't play soul music. And so when, when Barry Gordy, you know, in, in Detroit, they see this, this moment just happens where, okay, look, there's a market here, there's a need, there's people are being blocked out, let's do something about this, put that together, and it's, it becomes, it, it, it's become history. Now it's part, you know, part of American history, you know, Motown Records, it's just, wow, bang. And it had its moment and it just grew and grew and grew. So this is not, not, not any different to that, these things. I'm not, you know, I don't like to get on my political soapbox or make all of these statements, et cetera, but I think for, it's, it's impossible to kind of not be aware of what's going on and how some of this stuff is not just, oh it's all the muslims fault we're not very good at it no it's just there are structural problems there are things that are in the way and you know it's not for nothing that the black lives movement is uh, is there and, it, and they suffer such horrific prejudice and violence against them but who's right behind them we're not that far behind you know yeah. Look at the statistics for Islamophobia. Look at the statistics for prejudice against uh, uh, Arab people, Muslim people in, in, in all of our countries. We're there. Um, what we have to do is find creative ways. You know, we have to find creative ways of solving these problems. And my, my thing is, I just feel, I feel that we have to take it. We have to take it on. We have to find these solutions and make them happen. Guys, if that doesn't inspire you to support Alchemy, I don't know what will at this point, honestly, because honestly, for me, just the, as you mentioned, the importance was stressed on this podcast episode of, of really supporting an alternative to the mainstream media that caters to Muslims. And that is still educational and entertaining for the whole family, for kids and adults alike. So, uh, Navid, we're, we're kind of running out of time, but this discussion is so impactful and we're diving into all these beautiful tangents that... I'm probably going to have to ask you to come back at a later time if that's okay yeah. with you. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. brother, how can people connect with you, support your project, go ahead and, and sign up to Alchemia? What's the best place to do that? www.alchemia.com. Okay, we are on Amazon, but actually we get more money if you come straight to us. Okay, awesome. So we just if you subscribe through us directly, we do get paid more money. And we and we and that that really helps us. So if you go straight to that, there's a seven day trial. You can try it for seven days, and then it kicks in. There's two products. There's either a, you can subscribe monthly, just the same as Netflix. And I think we're technically cheaper. We're about uh, five dollars in U.S. Canada, so it's a little bit yeah. cheaper than Netflix. It's yeah. five uh, five dollars a month, or if you take out a year subscription, which really yeah. that would help us because it just gives us that runway. That's fifty bucks for the year. Amazing. Okay. Something like 700 titles there. We've got another four to 500 coming. Um, you know, once, you, once you've become a member, write to us, write to me personally. Um, tell us what else you want to watch, what you think of it. At the moment, we have two apps. We have an iOS app and an Android app. You can go to the Android store or the iOS store, put in Alchemy. You can download those apps. They allow, they allow you to cast. So from your phone, you can just beam pictures onto your television uh if you have if you have that what we don't have yet is a roku uh roku app we hear you we're trying to we're working on it but again it's it's the more numbers that go up the more quicker we can add that into it 
Apple TV app, Samsung TV app, LG. So those are the things that make it easy for people to watch. Um, and then if you're talented, if you can, uh, you want to present, you want to make programs, you want to do a cooking show. I mean, cooking shows we're definitely looking for. Okay, we just put up a series called Muslim Food of America. And the whole series is made by uh, Vox Media. You may have heard of them. They're big, yeah. big, big, big media thing. So yeah. they have a brand called Eta. And uh, we work with them and we've put that series up. And it's interesting. It's sort of, you know, it's, I, I, I haven't traveled all across America, so I'm really fascinated. And it had, you know, uh, Uyghur food in Oakland and, you know, uh, Bangladeshi pizza in, uh, in Dearborn. And so it's all fascinating. So I'm learning. And that's also what alchemy is great about. It's like just, we're just learning about each other. You know, if you're Muslim and you're coming from Montreal and you're coming to visit me in London, hey, here's the greatest places to eat. This is the best masjid you should go and hang out at. You know, yeah. we're learning all this. We're sharing all this. It just makes our lives more richer to do that. So, yeah, we're looking for people who are making content, who are interested in making content. And what we do is we're not going to, you know, we're going to support your vision. We're going to help you. We have professional experience in, in production. We can tell you, look, that needs to improve here, better graphics here, improve the music, try this format. And most importantly, 50% of the money that we earn from your title, okay, goes back into your pocket. That's Amazing. what we're committed to that. So half the money that we're earning at the moment that comes in, Goes right back out into into the into the um, into the people who produce the content. They're the, they're the stars, and we could, you know we we that that's a kind of a across the board. We give that money. Back to them. Amazing, mashallah. So you heard it right here, guys. I'm going to be signing up right after this, and I'm going to be spending my nights watching the documentaries and educational series instead of Netflix. So guys, $5 a month, that is literally the price of a Starbucks coffee. So I'm going to ask you, the next time you walk into Starbucks, I want, to, I want you to turn around and walk out and instead take out your phone and go to alchemia.com and sign up for a membership. And that's going to pay you dividends it's going to help you educate yourself in terms of the profit stories, the companion stories, have educational, entertaining content for yourself, your family, and your children. And it's going to allow you to support just an amazingly beautiful project of bringing this media alternative to Muslims, guys. So make sure you do that. Alchemia.com. We dropped all the links in the comments already, and we'll make sure to drop them in the description. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell our viewers before we end, Brother Nafid? Well, I, I, you know, I, I have a vision that actually the, these, some of these films will be watched for the next 10, 20 years, you know. And it, when people are contributing, it is a type of subgajaria. I mean, getting into schools is fantastic. They like our content because we don't represent any mosque. We don't represent any school of thought. We don't represent anything like that. What it is, it's just basic, well-made, informative stuff. And, you know... I'm not. I'm not in any way putting down any scholars or the good, but that stuff is for the serious ones. You know, that's like you really want to study your your Dean or Islam, or someone's really really interested. We refer them to that. But what we are is we're really that's just that first experience that people are going to have. What is Islam? You know, what are people doing? And actually, it's not. We're just not. We're much more than just simply. Okay, we pray and we do this, but look, we we produce beautiful art and architecture, and we're civilized. We have poetry, we have music, we have all of these different things. That our faith is enormous; it's a massive civilization. And so, actually, you know, it's not for me to stamp this, but I know there's an element of sadkajaria that actually it, that there's a good good deed being done in terms of people are watching 100%. this and, and they're learning something, you know. And that 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 for us is there. But we 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 kind of thought a lot about these things. Should we be fully a charity? 
Should we be this? And I think fundamentally, it's just the it's the time of the startup. This is the age of the startup. And for us, yeah. if we can, if we can take a commercial model, and that was always the Muslim model. It was always the, the charity isn't something that's independent of the business. You know, the Muslim model was the two always work together. Yes. If you're going to build a mosque, before you build the mosque, you build the shops underneath. First, you build the shops. The shops do commercial business. Then the shops pay for the mosque on top. And so, therefore, anyone who comes in the mosque gets fed. They can pray. They don't have to, like, oh, give more sadaqa for the mosque because the business is running, and that's supporting the mosque. And so this is kind of this idea of actually business and charity being integral, you know, yeah. not a separate idea that actually – We'll get really big one day. We'll do really well. The company will grow. Then we'll give our charity. No, we're building something which is like the two are working together all the time. And I think I think I'm very very interested in what you guys do. What there's just this idea of what is an Ummah entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, I had this idea. I think you know perhaps we should all talk about it about the Alamin Awards. We should be giving awards to people for Alamin because the people of mecca the the Quraysh, the ordinary people called the prophet so they called him alamin so allah didn't give him that title that came from the people and that was just because they said look this guy's we can trust him with the money yeah. we can trust him with the business and so actually that's a that's what i always aspire to you know are we being alamin are we giving a great product at a good price are we you know serving our investors are we serving ourselves are we doing are we, you know we're we proud of what we're doing and i think this is what the standard of business needs to be for yeah. Muslim entrepreneurs is, you know, it's, it's, it's delivery. It's not really about how much you're earning. It's really about what, what, what's the quality of what you're putting out there, you know? Yes. And that's and that the underlying and, and that's really, as you mentioned, it comes down to the intention when you sit down to work every single day, what is your intention in doing this work? Are you trying to grow something that brings value to other people and other Muslims? If that's your intention when you work, then your work becomes your ibadah, it becomes your worship. Absolutely. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah. So, Brother Naveed, honestly, we've, we've had just an amazing podcast with some of the most interesting and deep discussions that I've had on this podcast so far. And so I really encourage all of you listening one more time. If you still haven't, go to alchemy.com and lock in that subscription. Go ahead and support what these guys are doing. It's absolutely wonderful. And also make sure if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, do so whether you're watching on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google, anywhere. Make sure to follow us and join our group if you haven't already, inshallah, to watch these episodes live. We'll see you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thanks.